Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the XU Podcast. This is episode 13, and I'm super pumped about the past couple episodes that we've had. We are on a bit of a roll with the podcast, getting some great interviews. We've had awesome guests on and some great conversations just about a wide range of things related to dance music. So my idea and my vision for this podcast when I started it and what's you know, occurred in the past couple episodes and past couple of conversations that I've had have definitely aligned. So really excited. This week, we're going to do something a bit different than what we have been doing. We're going to take a break from the guests and we're going to do a solo show. So it's just going to be me. It's just going to be my thoughts on some topics and some news and headlines happening in the dance music world um, that I want to kind of share my opinion on. So Again, we're going to get back to guests. We're going to get more people on. Super excited for some of the people that are in the pipeline for some episodes in the future. But this week, it's going to be a shorter episode, just me and some of my thoughts on different topics in the dance music world. So disclaimer, again, my opinion. So you might not agree with them. They might be harsh. They might be um, focused on music specific to what I like, but that's the whole point of this podcast is my personal preferences and things that I'm interested in. And I'd love to get people's feedback too. So engage with the podcast. Uh, We've been more active on Twitter. Uh, That's probably our most popular uh, platform right now that we're using to interact with people and, you know, hoping to grow the podcast and the brand. You can follow us there at X underscore U underscore pod. So let's get into it. Some things I want to touch base on first is the lane eight album. Reviver is coming this week. It's coming out on Friday, Lane 8's second uh, full album, I believe, after Brightest Lights. I know he's done EPs and and some maybe mini albums before that, but Reviver is coming. He announced it a couple months ago, and I wanted to just touch on how amazing and satisfying it is to be a Lane 8 fan with the rollout of this album. I always talk about Lane 8 and how I love what he does with This Never Happened and all the artists that he's brought to my attention. And this Reviver rollout has been nothing short of just perfect in terms of what you can expect out of artists that you follow. When you hit your wagon to an artist, you want them to deliver on, A, obviously the music and making sure that the music they're putting out is, you know, music you're excited about, but then also just everything that, you know, accompanies that. So the tour that he announced with the album coming out right away, a full U.S. tour. Then he just recently announced two weeks ago all of the openers that he's having, you know, f- accompany him on tour. So he's got Sultan and Shepard, Lay Youth. He has Yodo. He has a couple of other guys, just these awesome artists that he's bringing on tour to make the whole experience of going to see a Lane 8 show that much better. The artwork that's accompanied the album and the singles that have come out. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible. Some of the best artwork, in my opinion, in the scene, maybe up there with Porter Robinson and and his artwork for Nurture. But just everything about this Reviver album announcement, the tour, everything that's going to come with it has been a over-deliver on Lane 8's part. So I just wanted to kind of touch base on that and acknowledge the fact that I'm super excited for this album to come out. We've heard a lot of the songs, whether whether they were the singles that came out or some of the IDs that he played in his winter mix that he also gave his fans a three you know three hour 
mix for new music from This Never Happened and from him himself. And really just enjoyed all of it. So I'm looking forward to Red Lights. That's the song with Emmett Fenn on the album. That's probably the one I've got my eyes on the most. But the whole thing is going to be great. Really excited to see him in April. Another thing I love about Lane 8, I'm in Boston. He's not playing Big Night Live. He's not playing House of Blues. He's not doing the grand. He's playing a new venue called the Roadrunner. Apparently, this venue is going to have the biggest general admission capacity in the Northeast, something along those lines. Um, That's what I read. So I just love that Lane 8 kind of doesn't do what you would expect out of a popular and semi-mainstream artist. Lane 8 certainly and and Melodic House is not necessarily mainstream, but he's a a pretty well-known dude in the scene. So Love what he does, and I love being a fan of Lane 8, and I'm going to continue to support everything he does because he's going to continue to deliver. So yeah, wanted to kind of just touch base on that and my excitement for the Lane 8 tour and the album that's coming out this week, the Reviver Tour. And I want to compare that to my disappointment, my ongoing disappointment with Swedish House Mafia. So this has been, we I think, the third episode of this podcast was... Uh, My friend Dan and I talking about our disappointment with the Swedish House Mafia singles that have come out and pretty much every which way they've gone with the Paradise Again album, the Paradise Again tour has been met with underwhelming songs to start with. Every single song that Swedish House Mafia has come out with since they've announced this new album and this tour has been extremely underwhelming. There hasn't been one song that I've gone back to more than once to listen to or to share with friends. There hasn't been one song that I've gotten overly excited about or excited at all about. They just were on uh, featured on the Weekends album and they did a remix to Sacrifice. And again, okay, I guess, right? Not a bad song, not a great song. But then... Recently, there was some confusion in an article that Variety posted about their Coachella announcement. Obviously, that's going to be probably the first first look at Swedish House Mafia that they can't really hide from, right? They're on this, they're on the Coachella or billing lineup. But when it came out last week, the lineup they were listed not under Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but just returning to the desert Swedish House Mafia. So this is something people can be looking into much, but. There's just something going on with Swedish House Mafia where everything is kind of discreet or there's no definites to it. And with Coachella, people aren't sure if they're going to close the album, if they're going to perform on Friday night, if they're going to play sporadically throughout the weekend. It just seems like they can't just deliver something that satisfies their fan base. And again, I could be speaking too soon. Ultimately, we're going to have to wait and see with Swedish House Mafia. Because once the shows start, once the album drops, that's kind of it. They have one shot at winning their fans over because they've taken their singles that have been underwhelming. They've had all these announcements that have been underwhelming. And everything is just very egocentric with them. So, you know, their ticket prices for the tour are still, you know, insanely high. They're playing stadiums. So they they had to play MetLife Stadium. They had to do the Garden in Boston. They couldn't have done like underground clubs to get get some hype maybe to build up the excitement for this return. 
Who wants to go to MetLife Stadium on a Tuesday night in the middle of summer? Oh, and by the way, you have to spend $300 for a ticket if you want to be on the floor. Well, I guess it I guess it makes sense if the music's good. Well, here are these four singles that are absolute trash and not the type of music that people who do love Swedish House Mafia fell in love with 10 years ago. It doesn't have to be nostalgic. It doesn't have to be just, you know, an ode to the 2012 era, 2011 era of dance music. If they're going to go a new route of the weekend type music or Daft Punk you know, style of music, which is completely fine, right? That's artists change. They, they develop and can't expect these guys to be the same artists they were 10 years ago. But with that being said, if Swedish House Mafia is going a new direction, they shouldn't have built up this tour to have such high expectations that there's just no chance that they deliver on it, right? Play underground shows, play pop-up shows, you don't have to play the Garden or MetLife Stadium or these crazy big venues and charge a ridiculous amount of money for the tickets. Back to Lane 8. Lane 8 this week, in prep for his album release, is doing he did two he's doing two pop-up shows in Denver. And I think tickets were ten dollars. And you know, half the half the money goes to charity, the other half goes to paying for the actual show. So of course, like that's and Lane Eight's not on the same level as Swedish House Mafia. They're in two, almost two different worlds, but it just seems like everything Swedish House Mafia has done has been super hard to root for because they're just setting expectations incredibly high to the point where I don't think they can reach them. Even if they have an amazing show, even if the album, unlike every single uh, song that they've put out so far, is different, I just can't see it delivering on this ridiculous expectation that they've set leading up to the tour. Again, this all comes with a, you know, an asterisk of they might, right? I could be proved wrong. I can go to this show and it can be the best show I've ever seen. I just think that every which way Swedish House Mafia has gone since the announcement of this return has been met with some confusion or some you know blurriness of well you know this might happen this might happen and i just get a weird vibe that the album rollout and the tour are not going to go as they initially planned so maybe that means shows gets shows get canceled they change venues and maybe that would be for the best but we're ultimately going to have to you know track it and see how it plays out you know and 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 see what happens with it um they still haven't announced an album date they haven't announced any supporting artists for their tour. So there's just a lot to follow with Swedish House Mafia. And I think everybody is just, you know, waiting for that one song that comes out that is like, thank you. This is what we were waiting for. So we'll keep an eye on it. This podcast will track it close and I'll try to stay positive. It sounds like I might be rooting for the rooting against them. That's not the case. I love Swedish House Mafia. I want nothing more for them to be you know, relevant in the the EDM music world. So we're just going to have to, we're going to have to go and see. So moving on though, the Chainsmokers, I want to talk about their new album coming out. They have been very in the news lately of rolling out the Chainsmokers 4. So they went off the grid about two years ago, I think the beginning of the pandemic where they said, Hey, we're leaving social media. We're going to work on the album. And we're going to get this thing going. And they kind of went away. And now they're back. And it's great to have them back in like the scene and in 
um, you know, having people talk about them and seeing them on Twitter and social media and whatnot. They dropped two awesome SoundCloud remixes. One was like a complete surprise. That was uh, I Can't Make You Love Me, which they released right at the new year on SoundCloud. And just hearing, seeing the sound, Chainsmokers on SoundCloud in 2022, immediate nostalgia of those amazing years of 2015, 2016, 2014, when they were putting out, you know, when they really went on their run of gaining, you know, big popularity. The song, both of the remixes have been awesome. So I'm really looking forward to this new album and seeing kind of what they bring. I know that they said they're going to make it more of a house, um, back to the roots style album. So excited to see that. I do have to say the fake chain smokers thing and rollout was very confusing and just not that funny for me. I understood the joke, right? Chain smokers are generic looking white dudes. Nobody remembers what they looked like. So I guess they had these two guys go out in Vegas and perform as the chain smokers. They changed their profile picture to these two guys. For me, it was just not like the best return and the best way to gain momentum for this album release that they're trying to do, right? They went away for two years. The chain smokers left. They went off the grid. And then they came back and they went right back into like the jokes and the memes and playing into that um that they had before they left so it was just confusing and especially after the soundcloud remix that the first one that dropped that got so much hype around this new era to kind of lean back into where the chain smokers were kind of funny we're going to play into these you know oh the chain smokers are generic you know it's style artists um and i get it they're interacting and and their twitter has actually been pretty active which is again good to have in the scene but for me, it was just a weird, small gripe that I had. I just didn't find it really funny. Some people did. This might be another thing that I'm looking too into. I just don't think that humor and music, when you mesh those two together, usually generally like work well. Depends very much on like the situation and the songs that are being put out. But um, again, I'm nitpicking. Still super excited for this album. Saw that they confirm that Drew is singing on every single song on the album, which is good. I'm not a big, I, I think a lot of people quickly hate on that. And that especially when they first started singing, people hated the fact that he was singing on these songs. But for me, you know, it's, it's something I've grown on. And I think the Chainsmokers, again, is, is a group that I've always tried to defend because they have released so much good music and people love to shit on them or say that they've gone too poppy or too mainstream but I am excited for this new album and this new new era of Chainsmokers music. Going to keep a good pulse on on that. think they should have a song coming out called High, uh, which apparently originally had the Kid Leroy, but we're, we're going to see what comes. So Chainsmokers following them, ultimately, again, wasn't too pleased with how they did the whole fake Chainsmokers bit, but that was, that was I guess, kind of funny for some people. Um, and then one of the last things I want to talk about is this Alesso and Katy Perry song, When I'm Gone, that got released, I think, right before New Year's. And my point with this song is, I think, just to talk on when DJs, well-known DJs, whether it's Alesso or Kygo or Griffin or whoever it might be, when they pair up with superstars, it generally doesn't work well. Right, so this song is okay. It's a very basic 
you know, radio song, essentially. When I'm gone, Alesso, Katy Perry. And I've just realized over... It's now been a couple weeks since it's come out. And the amount of promotion for this song is almost... It's it's like, what are we doing here? This song isn't that good. I get it. It's for the radio. And, and it's, I guess, disheartening to see when, you know, one of your favorite artists like Alesso get a quick bag for a song, right? That's ultimately what this is, is Katy Perry and Alessa were probably approached to make a lot of money off of a single. And we're just going to promote it as much as we possibly can to make sure that we get it relevant. And it's like willing a song to relevancy, regardless if it's good or not. Again, not a bad song. It is not a song I'm going to go back to and listen to multiple times, right? It's not even, it doesn't even crack Alessa's top 50 songs that he's put out. So... And, and my point being is I, I look and Katy Perry's on SNL this week. They've been doing interviews together. They both are tweeting and Instagramming about this song. They were the they debuted the music video at the college national football championship halftime. And it's it's almost like you watch and you're just like, what are we doing here? Like promoting this song that just isn't that good. And I think it's just a, something to note in the future and and. I've always kind of known, and, and I think a lot of people know it, but when you see a big superstar, pop star name get involved in EDM, usually isn't going to end well. It's usually just a money grab. It's usually going to be a very generic song. You see Kygo do it a lot. Unfortunately, I know Kygo has a song coming out with Joe Jonas. That song's going to stink. I haven't even heard it yet. I, I, I don't mean to go into it with a you know uh, predetermined attitude, but... That song's not going to be good. Joe Jonas and Kygo, that that has that has basic um, radio song written all over it. And some people like that. I love Kygo. Unfortunately, he's gone down this path of just making music to see how much money he can make. Um, some and not to say I hate all of them, but unfortunately that's the that's the route he's gone down and I worry about a guy like Griffin as I mentioned because I can see him almost falling down the same path of making music just to, you know, appease TikTok and get on the radio and just be mainstream and popular. And it's usually the artists that are the most popular and have and most talented that have gotten to a point where money can be made off of them. So um, that's my take. I just noticed again this week that they're still pushing this Alesso and Katy Perry song and you listen to it and you're just like, this is this is not a good song. You know, it's not it's not a song that I'm going back to. And an artist like Alesso, you know, he obviously was it's it kind of stinks when you see him, you know, make a song like that because, you know, it's not even close to the best that he can do. But a guy like Alesso also tours all the time. He's got a good brand and he puts out awesome original music as well. So he can get away with doing stuff like that. Griffin, I don't know why Griffin, this is a quick aside, I don't know why Griffin hasn't played a live show since the pandemic has, you know, where shows have started up again. Griffin's Gravity Tour, where he had his guitar and he was and he was up there playing piano, why he hasn't done that, like, that concerns me as a Griffin fan. Because that, that's what sets him apart, that's what makes his music so powerful. That Gravity Tour was one of the best shows I've ever seen, and it's now been, you know over almost eight months since shows have started up again and he's just done dj sets and it's kind of like griffin man get out there and bring your guitar and bring your own show and bring your own production and build this brand by 
through the music and through the actual experience of seeing you live as opposed to playing all these festivals and going to Kygo's Palm Tree, you know, festival in, in, um, you know, wherever it is, Havana or, you know, the Hamptons. And, you, you know, again, little gripe that I have. I know this is just me kind of rambling about a lot of stuff and people might agree with it. They might not agree with it. But it goes back to at the end of the day, if you're releasing good music and, and you deliver good music for your fans, you can get away with a lot of this type of stuff that, you know, causes gripes or frustration, right? Chainsmokers is a good example. I was kind of upset about the ch fake Chainsmokers bit. I thought it was stupid. But the two SoundCloud remixes they've released have been awesome. I've been listening to them all week, right? Like Alesso, you know, he'll put out good music. So if he's going to go and do a Katy Perry song and promote it for a month straight on his social media, I can I can get away with that because, or I can, I can deal with that because, you know, there's more good than bad. Whereas you have Swedish House Mafia, who's just, again, not to harp too much into them, but... You know, they haven't released any good music and you can't play this, you know, look at us on these Instagram stories with these, you know, fashion and the weekend and discreet, you know, pictures and promotions while the music you're putting out is just straight up not good. And I'm not going to have people tell me who know that why I like, you know, again, you can say that the music is good if that's what you're into. But people who talk to me know why I like Swedish House Mafia. They know the songs that I'm into. Every teardrop is a waterfall. Don't you worry, child. Miami to Ibiza. You know, all of those songs. One, Greyhound. Those are the songs that I like Swedish House Mafia for. So don't tell me, well, this song is good and it's different. It's like, you know why I like them. And you know that these songs aren't even close to that level. And maybe I have to readjust my expectations. But um, I know, again, that was just kind of rambling. That was kind of just me yelling into the abyss of of some of my more recent takes on the edm scene but i thought this episode was necessary for you know just to get some things off my chest kind of reset the podcast we have a lot of cool um guests coming in the future so we'll get back to that next week but for this one i just wanted to kind of fire away i'd love to know your thoughts what you think of some of my opinions some of these topics that i talked about um and to end the show with some couple positives to end um, shout out to Jero. He's starting his show or he's starting his U.S. tour this week in Denver. So shout out to him. He's someone who released an album, released tour dates. He's had awesome album art and he's done it. You know, he's building his he's he's on the smaller side. So obviously the scale is um, a little different than a Swedish House Mafia style. But I'm super excited to see him in March. He's touring um, around the States and um, that's going to be one of my highlights uh highlight shows of the year for sure when i see him in boston in march um and lastly shout out to dancing astronaut giving xu podcast the follow on twitter they are obviously a big influence and a big um you know so, someone we look to you know i look to personally with the podcast and, and try to emulate the type of uh following that they have and and awesome content content that they're always putting up so they gave us the follow We've had some interactions with them on Twitter and you know, Dancing Astronauts the best. Um, so that's episode 13. That was me kind of rambling. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope it was, you know, not too much of me just yelling and, and saying crazy takes or whatever it might be or being too negative about Swedish House Mafia 
whether chain smokers or anything like that. But a couple of topics I wanted to touch base. Again, we'll be back next week with some more guests and some that we have lined up. And I'm excited to kind of do those, have those conversations and get them out to the world and keep growing this thing. So thanks everyone who listened. Thanks everybody who checked in. And I will see you next week with the XU podcast. See ya.